Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Carry On, a podcast covering issues relevant to veterans and those who care about them. Carry On is brought to you by Nation's Finest. At Nation's Finest, our mission is to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment that helps them to achieve self-sufficiency and reach their full potential. With more than 30 locations in 15 communities across California, Arizona, and Nevada, each year we provide critical services and support to more than 7,000 veterans and their families. If you or a veteran you know needs help, or if you'd like to make a donation, please visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-468-9676. Again, that's 833-468-9676. I'm your host, Mark Miller, Army Veteran and Communications Director for Nation's Finest. In today's episode, we have Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn here to talk with us about the transition from military to civilian life, and also share with us her perspective on unique challenges for female veterans. Lieutenant Colonel Nung was commissioned 20 years ago at Radford University through their ROTC program. Since then, she has served in, a, in command and staff positions across the Army, including three combat deployments to Iraq. She has served in as, as an official Army spokesperson, led strategic communications planning, and she's been an executive officer to the Chief of Army Public Affairs. She has been in her current role as the Director of Communications for Soldier for Life since 2018. Her awards include the Bronze Star Medal, Meritorious Service Medal, and the Global War on Terror Expeditionary Medal, among many others. Lieutenant Colonel Nunn holds a Bachelor of Administration in Management from Radford University, a Master's of Science in Environmental Management from Webster University, and a Master of Professional Studies in Public Relations and Corporate Communications from Georgetown University. Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. No, thank you for the opportunity to be here and to talk with your guest and share. Well, well, thank you. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. We uh, we understand how busy your schedule is. So with that in mind, I'll, I'll jump right into the questions here. So we were talking a little bit before we went live about how you're actively going through your own retirement right now and preparing for life as a civilian, actually already starting your life as a civilian. So what are your own focal points right now? And what advice do you give service members also going through a transition or preparing for a transition? Yeah, of course. So I, I think in order to start your transition, you need to start planning months in advance and actually a couple years in advance. At Soldier for Life, we always preach that every single one of us has transitions in our lifestyle and not to think of transition of just exiting the military. But when it is time to leave, it is a big step. And whether your transition is because you're ETSing or because you're retiring, it's still going to be monumental. And in order to do that effectively, you have to plan 24 months. Even if you're not sure that that date is set in stone, if you know that it's near 24 months, start planning. You need to go to Army Tap. And Army Tap is something that is open to not only to the service member, but to their spouse. And the nice thing about Army Tap is that you can go at any time 
And their motto is go early and go often. It is totally okay to use that service more than once because you're probably going to miss some key nuggets of information the first time you sit through it. There are a plethora of resources that are out there that are going to help an individual transition well, whether you're going to transition to be an entrepreneur or you're going to go into the corporate workforce or if you're going to be a student. Whatever that path is, there are resources out there. And knowing Soldier for Life and being connected to Soldier for Life on social media is a great way of knowing what those resources are. And for myself, I did exactly what we preached. I looked out 24 months before I knew I was going to retire, and I started going through that process. And when you retire, a big portion of that process is your medical right? It is getting all of your records together, making sure that it transfers to the VA. And even if you're ETSing, there's, that is still important. And you don't want to skip out on that. You don't want to, um, you know, take it so quickly that you miss something that really needs to be looked at from a health and wellness perspective. And for me, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the middle of making sure that my medical is still straight. But at the same time, like you mentioned, I am transitioning out of service. I am on the short end of my retirement. I effectively am what we call, the old timers would know this as terminal leave. And then today, soldiers wouldn't understand it as a transition leave. And the nice thing is I've been able to kind of straddle both worlds where I'm still an active duty soldier, but at the same time, I am uh, working for another company. So I'm enjoying this time. It's been crazy. It's hectic, but it's part of that evolution. It's part of that change and that growth. Well, that's some really valuable information. And uh, I, I second everything you said, having gone through my retirement a few years back, that definitely good to go early and go often and, and to plan ahead. I'm also glad they've changed that to transition leave instead of terminal leave. That sounds so ominous terminal leave. So <laughs> that's a, that's a better term. So as you're just starting your journey into civilian life, uh, certainly your role at Soldier for Life provided you with some perspective into the challenges and, uh, and advantages associated with being a veteran in the civilian world. So in your professional opinion, what key aspects of a successful life, personally or professionally, uh, would, would you would you key in on what do you think the most important things are to focus on for veterans after transition, the, the military's in the rear view mirror. Uh, what have you learned and seen working for Soldier for Life for some of those veterans out there who maybe didn't take as much time in the transition as you're referring to and, and the challenges and opportunities that are out there for our veterans that maybe have been out for a while? So I think the big thing that we always get back at Soldier for Life is finding your tribe. What we hear is that when you are in service, when you are in the military, you were connected to a tribe of people that believed in the same cause, right? You were connected to something that was bigger and better than yourself. And sometimes it's hard to find that, that connection, that camaraderie in the civilian workspace, especially when people around you may have not been in the military and they don't understand you, especially our vernacular, um, our mentality, because it, it's, it's unique. 
So I would say that you need to find your tribe and you find your tribe by giving back. A lot of times what we hear is that when veterans connect with, whether it's a nonprofit organization or even within their community in a way that gives back, they find a, a sense of peace and a sense of completeness. While it's not wearing the uniform, but it's giving back. That's everything from being a mentor, being a leader, a developer. Um, it could be getting involved with nonprofits that service directly back to the military and their family. Whatever it is, you've got to find that tribe and find it early and connect with them. And it's when you make that emotional connection early on, that's going to help your physical, mental, and emotional well-being, as well as your spiritual well-being as you continue on through your transition and as you continue to look through the rearview mirror where your military career is behind you. And so I can't stress that enough is find your tribe. And there are tons of organizations that are out there. If you want to know more, you can always go on the Soldier for Life website. There are tons that are listed there. You can uh, follow along um, on social media. We always highlight different organizations. Or you could just simply Google. Google is a powerful search engine. But whatever it is, find whatever it is that resonates with you and stick to that and connect and give back. Find your tribe. That's, that's great advice and uh, advice that veterans, I think a lot of us need to hear that, you know, I've, I've found my tribe, like you said, in a nonprofit providing service back to veterans, everyone's different. So finding that tribe, very important, terrific advice. So on a topic that's a little bit tougher, uh, the military times reported in May of last year that less than 17% of the active duty force was female. So while this number continues to slowly rise, it was certainly lower in previous years. And so as a minority population in the veteran community, what impact does that have on female veterans as they pursue their personal and professional goals after service, whether that's using benefits of military service or just being recognized as a veteran? Could, could you talk about some of those unique challenges to the, to the female community? Yeah. So I, you know, for those that have followed me, I've been able to share a little bit of that. I had the opportunity to be on Fox news and I've also been able to represent as an ambassador to the women's memorial at Arlington. And what I talk about is that when you say veteran, most people think that a veteran is a man. They don't realize that a veteran could be a woman, especially when we don't wear a uniform anymore. And for some reason, there's this belief that if you're a woman and you are a veteran, that you obviously you know, aren't beautiful or powerful. I, I don't know why there's that connection to that. But I, you know, I think it's changing the narrative and changing the idea of what a veteran is. Where that impacts women is that because you don't think that a woman is a veteran, it impacts us from something silly as a parking spot. And that's the piece that I was on on Fox News is that, you know, there are places that have uh, reserved parking places for veterans. And I try not to park there, but every now and then I will because if I'm running in or just for whatever, maybe I just don't want to walk that far that day. For whatever reason, I will get, um, you know, talk to not in a nice way. Like people will call me out and say dumb things like, you know, you can't park there unless your husband's with you or, you know, that's where heroes park as if a hero can only be a man. And so it, while that seems so small and so maybe even trivial, it isn't trivial. What that, that little piece highlights the fact that because women aren't viewed as veterans, we don't tend to share our story because we are 
you know, not encouraged to share a story. There's so much stigma that's around it. There's so much that we have to go back and say, well, now I have to prove that I'm a veteran. Whereas if a guy said I'm a veteran, no one would ask. No one would say, well, show me your DD-214 or show me pictures. Like there's this belief. But with women, it's, yeah, right. Um, and so that that is just a small example of why it impacts women. And so, yes, there's less than 17% in all of the forces that represent the women population. But yet we make up half the world. We are half the world's population, but we're not you know, properly shown in the military. I think it's important that we do grow those numbers. It gives girls, little girls now to be able to see themselves in the future for them to want to be in the military. It changes the narrative of what a soldier is. It also helps from a health perspective because there are less women. There are things that are not designed for women like body armor. Yes. They're now making body armor that are better fit for women. But at the three times I went to war, that body equipment didn't fit me. It was, it was too big. And I have a lot of injuries from that because it wasn't made for my body. And that's just an example that's further compounded by the fact when you are now a veteran and you move into the VA system and the VA is working hard at this and they're trying to change it. They're offering a lot of women's services for free for our, our women veterans, but there's just not enough studies that are done on us. You know, there is a higher propensity for women in the military to have fertility problems. Why is that? You know, is it because of our hard work environment is what we're exposed to? Is it all of it? Um, but those are things that need to be studied because it impacts us greatly. But because we make up such a small percentage, you know, the, the study or the money or the time, the effort isn't there because it's the, well, let's, let's work to the mass and the mass is a, is a male versus a female. So I think recognizing that while women make up a smaller portion, we are value added and our differences don't make us, um, a step back. It, we're not a hindrance. We are value added. And we bring to the warfighter, we bring to the whole ecosystem of the military, a capacity and a capability that makes us one of the best militaries in the world. So I think, you know, I can't harp on that enough is that while we're women and we are different, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, you said, beautiful and, and powerful in, in a way that's, uh, you know, a, a stereotype, but at the same, at the same time, that, that is how I see my sisters in arms as, as beautiful and powerful, not, not stereotypically, but rather, like you said, value added, doing great things for the military. And despite being a, a small percentage of the military, the value added is immense. And I think the best thing all of us can do is continue to talk about that and not allow people to believe that it's only men that are veterans or only men in the military, because uh, we certainly all served with with men and women, brothers and sisters in arms. So we, we can't forget that value and uh, can't forget to respect that service of all of our female veterans. So uh, well, well said. So Olivia, you've had a long and successful military career. And uh, I know you've been immersed in transition issues and veteran support uh, for the last several years of your career through your service to Soldier for Life. So certainly you've found some valuable insights, some you've talked about already here today, and, uh, and also some support channels during your years of experience with Soldier for Life. So with all that in mind, what closing thoughts, insights, advice would you like to leave with our fellow veterans today? Well, I, I think the most important thing is if you don't know about Soldier for Life, I encourage you to find out more about us. And more importantly, 
follow us on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. I cannot harp enough about the fact that you have to own your digital space. You have to come into the networking space. And if you are one of those people, like I don't like social media, I don't like sharing, someone else is going to own you. So you need to own yourself in the digital space. And if you're only going to do one platform, you need to do LinkedIn and you need to start networking, get out of your comfort zone, make those connections and make genuine connections. Cause it's not what you know, it's who, you know, your network is your net worth. And more importantly, if you need to know about more resources out there and you don't know, Soldier for Life has a podcast. I am a podcast host on behalf of the United States Army Soldier for Life program. And every Sunday is a new episode is released. And you can find our podcast episodes on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. So I highly recommend to listen to those. They're 20 to 30 minutes in length. We're eight seasons in, a little over 60 episodes. And we talk about every single type of different topic that you can think of. And I probably haven't gotten to all of them. So if you have an idea, shoot me a note on LinkedIn. Let me know what resource or topic that you think that I need to cover. But more importantly, be your own advocate. You need to make sure that you own your own story. You need to share your army story, whether you're currently in or that you've already served. Because when you do that, you change the narrative and you are an ambassador to the United States Army. So it's important that you do share your story, especially if you're a woman vet. And more importantly, women veterans, women service members need your allyship. If you're a man and you're listening, we need your allyship. We need you to stand up. And we need you to welcome us and know that we are value added to your team. And it's everything from the change in policy. We can now wear earrings in our combat uniforms and have ponytails. You know, instead of griping about it, welcome that change and understand why it came. It wasn't because it was a fashion statement. It was from a health perspective. So be part of that conversation. Be our ally. Know how we add to the topic of war fighting and how we're value added to that space, understand that when your transition will come eventually, know who Soldier for Life is and plug into the channels and take a listen to what we offer. Wonderful advice. And just one, uh, just one question on that advice to make sure everyone understands. Soldier for Life is, is an army sponsored program, but what if I'm a, if I'm a Navy veteran, a Marine Corps veteran, Air Force veteran, can I can I use a Soldier for Life office and their resources at an Army Absolutely. installation? Absolutely. While while it says Soldier for Life, and right, we're going to say that the best military is Army. Go Army, beat Navy. That's what we say in this house. <laughs> but more importantly, it is it is for everybody. There are very few times that I talk specifically about the Army. Like I had a conversation where I talked to the the Chief Diversity Officer of the United States Army when we talked about Black Lives Matter, you know, things like that. That was specific to the army, but almost every resource that I talk about, you don't need to be in the army. You could just be, you can be somehow attached to the military, whether you're army, Navy, Marine Corps. Now we've got space force, That's especially right. for military spouses too. There's a lot of conversations I've had about hiring military spouses. So um, it is a resources for anybody. If you're a company that wants to give back to the military, listen in. If you are a service member or a veteran and you need to find what those resources, listen in. We are the matchmaker, if you will. So the, the same same uh, group that we serve at Nation's Finest, Soldier for Life serving as well, all veterans, all active duty service members, military spouses, they can take care of you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and thoughts with us today. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn, really appreciate you being with us. No, thank you. Appreciate the chance to share.
And thank you to all of you who joined us today. And uh, thank you for your continued service to our veterans. We'll be back next week discussing issues relevant to our veterans and those who care about them. And again, if you or a veteran you know needs help, you can visit nationsfinest.org or you can call 833-468-9676. Thank you again for joining us. And as always, carry on.